Hi, I'm Sean K. Reynolds of Montecook Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by the Guild of Accountants. As a matter of full disclosure, I should make it clear that the Guild of Accountants is currently helping me cover up some uh, financial irregularities. Something about a, a little undeclared dragon's hoard or something. I don't know. The taxman was quite unfriendly about it, but I think we've got his number. Anyway, the Guild of Accountants, they account for you. Wait, is that really their slogan? It's awful. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever, it is a complete delight to be here. Peter, you brought a guest. I did. All the way from America. They just flew in, and boy, are their arms hard. Wait, no. <laughs> Sorry, that's the wrong joke. Damn it. Um... <laughs> Uh, it, Canada, to be specific, Canadians get very Canada. prickly about that often. Well, Canada's technically in America. It's it's America's hat. Um, <laughs> it's in the Americas. <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's it's who we're going for. Um, yeah. I'm Cassandra McDonald. Uh, I was a DM's Guild author. Uh, still am. Um, now I've been reaped for a whole bunch of new projects, such as uh, EN World's Level Up project and the Woo! topic of our later discussion, <sighs> Diesel. Yes, the diesel yeah. RPG. Vroom, vroom. Although I have to say, when I tried Googling the diesel RPG... Yeah, it's not SEO lot... compliant. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah, you get, you, you get a lot of Vin Diesel playing D&Ds. <laughs> you know, we hadn't thought of that. Um, when I showed up, the name was already picked. I, I got, I'm kind of attached to it now, not going to lie. It's an awesome name. It is it's an awesome name. It's a strong name. Like it. Yeah. I catch oh, oh, Peter, yeah. something I need to say yeah. to you. Oh. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. It was your birthday yesterday. It was. Yes. Did you have a good day? I had a very good day. Right. Shall we do some RPG news? Yes. Um, so, um, this is interesting. So, we've mm. got some more casting news for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh. Tell me more. Yeah. So, you know, so far we know that Chris Pine is going to be in it. Captain Kirk is going yes. to be in it. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Justice yes. Smith. And mm-hmm. uh, Reggae Jean Page, who's the mm-hmm. chap from Bridgerton. Yes, yes. Guess who now is in it? Uh, Helen Mirren. <laughs> that would be awesome if Helen Mirren. Vin Diesel. In it. So far, Helen Mirren isn't in it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, next week they announce that because they've just announced Hugh Grant. Yeah, you know what? I think I did know this. I am over and rejected this information. It's like, uh, <laughs> no. out you get. <laughs> you don't belong in here. Sure, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, Hugh Grant. So, okay. So he's uh, he's playing a character called Forge Fletcher, and he's the villain. Yeah, seems fair. He's, 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 you kind of think Hugh Grant, right? And you think Love Actually, and you think Four Weddings, and you think Notting Hill, and you think you know rom coms, don't you? Yes, I I don't think I've even seen him in anything serious. I sure, so I sure I, haven't. I have, and uh, he's actually. Yeah, he's actually better at doing the non-rom-coms than you would think. So really? he did he did a TV series recently with, uh, oh, what's her name? Australian actress. Um, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, Kylie not Minogue. that one. <laughs> Another Australian <laughs> I'm like, actress. just I, dating myself to the year at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Undoing. 
and he plays a serious role in that, a darker, right. more serious role. That's not a rom-com at all. Right. And also, he did that one about the seedy uh, British politician a while back. That was a TV series as well, which okay. was really good. And that, again, was a serious role, and you know, there, was no, um, there was no comedy and there was no rom-com to that. Right. So we're saying that uh, Hugh Grant may be a much more plausible villain for a D&D movie than we'd actually thought before. Maybe. But the other thing... I, he's I mean, people like, have surprised me. Like, Hugh he's, he's, in his, he's in his 60s now. He's not... Oh, yeah. He's not this 20-something affable kind of fresh-faced rom-com star anymore. He's a, yeah. he's a grizzled old man now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you find him very relatable. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he didn't hear that. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, if we find our major sponsor cancelling us, then we will know why. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, there was another cast member announced, Sophia Linnis. Oh, yeah. Uh, who I'm not familiar with. Um, mm. She was in It and It Chapter 2, the mm. two recent ones. Oh, solid horror movie conventionals then. And a TV show called um, I Am Not Okay With This, mm. which was on Netflix or something in the last year or two. Oh, that that rings a lot of bells. Have I seen that one? Uh... From, what, from what I'm reading here, it's a super, a sort of dark superhero origin story. Oh, I think I have actually seen this. This, yes. Oh, that's amazing. That is like a really good one. Um, it's essentially you're like you're a teenager. You're like just trying to work out what's going on with your life. You're gay in eighties America, which is always going to be a problem. And you have superpowers. Uh, and then you're like, oh man, I have superpowers. Well, how much worse is my life getting? And now we know. Having um, superpowers isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like if during my coming out process I had superpowers, mm-hmm. I would have been far less concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, I I suddenly, think... if I suddenly discovered I was Superman, I'd be pretty happy. Yes, I'm sure you would. But I mean, I mean, it's just like how you discover it. Like if you discovered it by slamming the door in your car too hard and you need a new car, that would be quite <laughs> bad, right? Yeah, that's a bad week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying, there's ways to discover you have superpowers, and the way that she discovers she has superpowers, and it's like, yeah, I see where they're coming from. And mm. there's there there is more, so much more. It's it's very interesting. Well, anyway, she's in the D and D movie, and she's yeah. playing a character called Doric, and that is all I know. That's everything I know. Okay. I, I'm hoping that she's playing a dwarf because that'd be awesome. Well, it looks like this thing is definitely happening now, and they keep announcing cast members, and, and you know. Some of them are pretty big A-list, big name cast members. So I think it's definitely we think money's going down. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel mm-hmm. weird about the concept of a D and D movie. I have to admit, mm-hmm. um, it feels it feels like it's in the same vein as like Minecraft licensed Lego. You know, mm. like you're you're creating something that you could just build by playing the game. You know, yeah. Uh, it's what, that weird. It, I'm sure it's actually going to be fantastic, and it will be great for the hobby. But it's in that weird space for me where I it doesn't compute in my brain. I think I know what you mean because D and D itself isn't a story, is it? Yeah, no. D and D is a toolbox to make stories. It with. is. So, yeah. like you say, but then again, they made a Lego movie. They did. So, they did. <laughs> so that was uh, that was. And it wasn't even bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not even bad. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I laughed a lot for it, so that's my judge of a quality movie. Didn't mm. make me laugh and be yeah. obnoxious in the movie theater. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've got more news to talk about. Yes. 
Are you up for a AAA third-person open-world fantasy Dungeons & Dragons RPG? Well, it's being made by Hidden Path Entertainment. Okay. As you know, I don't really know much about video games, so you know, I'm not going to be able to tell you much about this. Um, but it's, yeah, it's open world, which as I understand it, and you probably know better than me, it's things like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, where mm. you can just go anywhere you like and do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Is that, a, is that a fair summary of what open world means? Uh, yeah, you yeah, can just basically. wander into things that you're not equipped to deal with. Yeah. Uh, there will be probably some sort of narration, but you have freedom to go and explore, rather yeah. than walking from one corridor to another. Yeah. Well, um, they are currently, Hidden Path Entertainment are currently recruiting for it. Uh-huh. And they haven't made a really, really big game like this before. So I looked at their yeah. list of games and, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a list of like, sort of like a half dozen, sort of maybe eight games or so, but none of them uh-huh. are great, big, massive, you know, blockbuster size yeah. games. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, three, four year development cycle, probably, if they got the money for it. Um, yeah. So it yeah. goes. Well, I don't know how far into it they are. I mean, they're recruiting, but it doesn't mean they haven't already started. Well, I imagine they've probably got some proof of concept stuff yeah. and maybe more in order to get the contract in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds excellent. Yeah. Right. The One Ring. The oh, One Ring Kickstarter. Yeah. Has that Kickstarter yeah. finished? It finished yesterday. That, like, and I was sitting there watching it. I was like hypnotized and fascinated watching it <laughs> tick up in its last hour. Oh God, how much money did it make? Uh, just over $2 million. Yep. <laughs> Tolkien fans. <laughs> Tolkien fans are out there. They're spending money. That's, that's a lot of money. Two and million. also, it's not just Tolkien. It's also uh, Free League. They always do really mm. well with their Kickstarters because they, oh, yeah. they, just, they just make really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really high-quality stuff. Yeah, and, and the stuff looks nice, but wow. Yeah, well, I backed it. Hmm. I couldn't not in the end. I held out until the last day, but I couldn't not back that thing. <laughs> you know, I'll never get a chance to play it either. I know I won't, but I'll own it. Hey, you can look it on the it. shelf and occasionally stroke it. Admire it. I admire it from a distance, yes. <laughs> Isn't that what <laughs> it's Like, I, I can see my bookshelf from here, and I can see a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm like, I'll never play that, but I do really yeah. like it. It makes me happy. Yeah. I've got like my huge V20 book. It's like 600 pages. Mm. It's the biggest book I own. I will never play that. I will <laughs> never I play Vampire 20. <laughs> I've got so many, so many no. games that I've never played and never will. Well, it's like sometimes they're a source of inspiration, and sometimes you're like, oh, I need the mechanic. Wow. Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could be uh, a goat to death with this thing. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was shocked when it came in the mail. <laughs> You'd beat a goat well, anyway, talk- That's a, that's a <laughs> yes. choice. <laughs> Is this a Canadian thing? <laughs> no, don't you tell me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so talking about that Kickstarter, so I made a quick list of all the tabletop RPG Kickstarters that have beaten the $1 million mark. Oh, so there's right, okay. only six of them ever. Right, okay. And just to clarify, I'm saying they've got to be a tabletop RPG Kickstarter, but not for accessories. So it can't for not for miniatures, not for software, not right. for like furniture. You know, get you get these great big tables that make those. Uh, well. Now, were you allowing splat books? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's got to be an oh, RPG or an RPG supplement. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, at number one, we've got Matt Colville's Strongholds and Streaming, still uh-huh. in the yeah. lead, but only just at two point one million dollars. I backed that one. No. Nice. Number two, 
Uh, we've got the One Ring, mm-hmm. which came in just under that. It was so close. It's it's oh. pretty much neck and neck. If they'd had mm. another app, they'd have done mm. it. But they didn't have, and they didn't. Uh, then we've got one that's not finished yet. Mm. The Seeker's Guide to Twisted Tablets, oh, which yeah. is at 1.5, 1.6 million right now, and it's still got a little bit to go. Which, like, you know, how's these things go, is still doing incredibly well. Yeah. That is, yeah, like, a ludicrous well. amount of money for an RPG product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That is. Uh, we've got Matt Hill Colbert again at number four. Kingdoms, mm-hmm. Warfare, and more minis at 1.3 mm-hmm. million. Nice. Uh, then we've got John Wick's 7th C 2nd Edition, which was the first RPG Kickstarter to ever break a million. And that mm. was back in 2016. And Ooh. that did 1.3 million. Nice. And then finally, the only other one to break a million is the Humblewood campaign setting for 5e by Hitpoint Press, which in April 2019 did just over a million dollars. As I wow. recall, that was the one with all the cute animals. Yes, that was the thoroughly one. proving that that is the one thing that will always get the internet mobilized. <laughs> yes, mm, you make a million yeah. dollars, and all you got to do is cute animals. What up? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think they're going to change the cover to level up. It's going to be, yeah, thinking, it's just going to be cute animals. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no disrespect to the team. <laughs> they work very hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, making cute animals is not that invested in cute and fluffy myself, but yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad mm. that people are happy. Yeah, um, totally. And have it. Yeah. Uh, so that's right. the six over one million. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe with a bit of luck, we'll be joining them. I don't think so. Mm. It seems a lot. We will. I gotta say. <laughs> we will. We will be. We'll, we will. We will be a hundred grand. I'm pretty sure. But like, there's no way we can. <laughs> we can <laughs> dream. Not going to do ten times that. No. We're not going to do ten times that. No. no. Well, we've got to do a certain amount because we spent a hell of a lot on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like the quality of the stuff is. Pretty, pretty amazing. I'm excited All for right. Would you like some wheelchair custom miniatures? Oh, boy, would I? Yeah, hit me yeah. up. Holy. So this is from Hero Forge. Nice. And they have added three wheelchair options to their custom miniatures. Nice, oh. nice. Yeah, so you yeah. get a, a town wheelchair. The two fantasy ones. One's mm-hmm. called the town wheelchair and one's called the battle wheelchair. Nice, nice. It's and then there's a modern one. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of more like a sort of just regular modern hospital yeah. wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, they could be, they, they're basically count as mounts on their, you know, they've got the custom creation site where you build your miniature. Uh, they basically count as mounts on their system. So you can, yeah. you can put your, put your miniature in a, in a sort of battle wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It is quite, I'm looking at one of them right now and it looks awesome. It really does. Yeah. I, I was, I was talking with someone about the possibilities of arranging a uh, grand melee or and possibly jousting and sets of jousting for people mm. in wheelchairs. Um, like, which I realize is like a bit of an odd thing to talk about, but they're the head of parachir, which is the, well, the only and therefore the best, but it's still pretty good Paralympic, uh, well, uh, sort of Olympic level. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe it. It's like, it's the Kandu company and it's like they do. Stunts in wheelchairs, um, or has bases, and it's like cheerleading. It's they do some pretty amazing yeah. stuff, I gotta say. Like, yeah, what did uh, you say they were called? Uh, this is from the Kandu Company, uh, Rick Kandu Rogers, Kandu Company from Rick Rogers, yeah. 
Stunts in wheelchairs. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and as I say, it's like if you've ever seen wheelchair basketball or anything, you know that mm. there is less than no regard given to life or limb. So um, <laughs> I think a sort of a grand melee in the LARP style with um, uh, contact safe weapons would be pretty cool and quite yeah. possibly very popular. Uh, and if you get the right dressing, it could be like they're all riding around on little horses. Mm. Uh, anyway, I don't know if there's going to be anything come of that, but there's certainly an interest in uh, jousting. The Society for Creative Anachronism does something with that. And uh, there is a group over in New Zealand, the Order of the Boar, who actually do it based on the number of lances you break. Um, <laughs> but... That seems rather extreme to me. I mean, <laughs> but my, that's fav- New my favorite <laughs> competition is the kind where property damage uh, is the win condition. Um, mm-hmm. If destroying things <laughs> is the win condition, then you've already built a sport that intrigues me. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking like a Death Race 2000 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, let's Mad Max it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's the lances they're breaking, but they're probably breaking each other as well. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, that's what I've been doing on my day off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. We've got a bit of controversy. Oh boy. Uh, ooh, okay. Are you familiar with the perfect RPG Luke uh, Crane fiasco? Yep. I think we covered this um, early in about June last year. We covered the original incident. Yes. Last year, but yeah. um, there's an update. Yes. Yeah. So Luke Crane yeah. is the head of tabletop games at Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So he's quite an influential figure. And he started a Kickstarter campaign, which mm-hmm. he called The Perfect RPG. Yes. And um, I think it was like an anthology of um, yeah. small, small RPGs, all by different designers. Yeah. But, well, yes, yeah, so the conceit was is selling came up with a brilliant idea, written the perfect RPG, and then people had written some adventures to go with it. So that, that's what I understand it. So, yeah. Is that what it is? Well, that's the conceit it was used. I don't know. It's like, it sort of got, well, deleted before... Yeah. Could, could investigate more. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the reason it got cancelled was because one of the designers, there's 20 designers, one of the designers he included, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently without telling the other designers involved... Mm-hmm. Was I don't I still don't know how you say his last name Adam Keeble Kerbal Kobal Kobal yeah Kobel. Adam Kobal is oh yeah so he uh, last year as we covered at the time when he was the GM on the live stream of uh, Far Verona mm-hmm. he included like a sexual assault scenario without the players you know knowledge or consent uh, and the live stream got cancelled, mm. and and Cobalt, uh, you know, lost some jobs, and you know, the sort of consequences you would expect from such a thing. Well, they they said mm-hmm. they were retiring from the realm of yeah. RPGs in general. Yeah, so that's what happened last year. Yeah. So uh, suddenly, people realise that he's included in this list of twenty designers on Luke Crane's mm. RP, uh, RPG Kickstarter, yeah. and the other designers didn't know that he was going to be included. Mm-hmm. And well, you can you can guess what happened. So designers started putting out of the project at a rate of knots, mm-hmm. uh, and Luke Crane had to cancel the entire project. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of when it, when he when he posted the uh, high and cancelling the thing, he kind of said that um, designers have been harassed into uh, into putting out, and pretty mm-hmm. much every designer who pulled out was turned around and said, "Nope, that's not true." Mm. We were not harassed. We chose to pull out because mm. we didn't want to 
be associated no. with this person. Mm-hmm. And also we, we weren't told that this person would be involved. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's a different, it's different situation to it. Like if um, somebody does something that's like, you know, hor- horrendous in public and they do the work in public to like show they, how they've rehabilitated themselves, then that's one thing. But this is just sort of like, oh, and suddenly Go says, I'm quitting RPGs, disappears, and then like their re-entrance is the unheralded uh, attempt to sneak it under the radar. And it's like, well, mm, yeah, that's, yeah. that's also good. Yeah, it was yeah. weird, because the way the uh, author contributions was laid out was mm-hmm. incredibly unusual. It was mm. Z to A by first name, which is a really interesting way to put an A name at the bottom of the list. Mm. Right. It's just a very, <laughs> it looked like a very effortful deception was part of what yeah. put me off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a very, wow, yeah, that, yeah, cause that, you would that think, doesn't look like an accident, does it? <laughs> yeah, like if they were excited to bring this figure back into the community, yes. they'd put his name at the top and it would be easy, you'd go A to Z. Hmm. This was an attempt to obfuscate his name, which is just a really weird yeah. choice. Although, if I, if I were to undertake some sort of nefarious behavior and try to include someone in my project that I didn't want people to know about, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't put his name there. So I kind of find the logic of putting the name there at all even bizarre. I guess. So people can say, my book's got this Kerbler guy. Or whatever. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I yeah. suppose so. Yeah. I suppose it's... you can point to it and say it was there. Yeah. 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 I suppose. Who can say what they're thinking? Has Luke yeah. Crane said anything about it? Uh, no, no, other than the, uh, this project's cancelled message, no. Yes, and of course, all the designers that have identified that actually, no, we didn't pull out because we were harassed, have contradicted this fairly powerful person that kicks off her HQ. So, mm. uh, I personally have seen a lot of people expressing concerns about their future employability and whether they'll, like, you know, find themselves at a disadvantage. So that is a worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, that was, that was the bad news. Just find some more cheerful news, shall we? Mm-hmm. Lots, yeah, lots. It, it doesn't all have to be bad news. It does. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it does travel um, fast. You know, it, so. does. It, it does. does yeah. It does, it does, it does, it does, it uh, does. Unfortunately, right. it's very popular. <laughs> so there's a new... I'm not sure how to describe this. It's not a virtual tabletop. It's a digital platform. Mm-hmm. It's called Demiplane. Mm-hmm. And do you recall last week or the week before, whenever it was when we were talking about how several members of D&D Beyond had left. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Well, we now know where one of them has gone. Ah. So Adam Bradford, who was in fact the co-founder <laughs> of D&D Beyond, yes. he's left D&D Beyond a couple of weeks ago. We now know where he's ended up. He's ended up at Demiplane, which is a digital platform for RPGs. Okay. And I don't know a massive amount about it yet, um, but basically it's not a virtual tabletop, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is, it looks to me, it's kind of like Discord combined with Zoom, combined with player matchmaking and task tracking and inventory. Hmm. Okay. It's kind of hard to describe. It's, you know, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's kind of oh. the, the sort of audio and video capabilities with some additional tools and some player matchmaking fe- features for setting up games. It's, it's, ha- it's as far as I can make out at the moment. Well, well they're going to have quite a challenge on their hands because Roll20 does have the advantage of being there first and yeah. free. 
And mm. three is a hard price to beat. So unless yeah. you're offering a notably better offer than Roll20, uh, and I'll be honest, I mean, there are bits of it I'm not particularly enamoured with, but it works. I think it works well enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't think it, I don't think it um, competes directly with Roll20, though, because it's not a virtual tabletop. Right. I think it's competing more with Discord, really. Oh, well, huh. that's a brave move. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best luck, chaps. There's there's this real weird wild west right now with tabletop mm. tools where there's a huge audience for them, but mm. all the niches are kind of filled and usually filled by free software that's kind of been there a while. Mm. Like again, I have no tremendous love for Roll Twenty. Um, burning mm. your sponsor bridges right now. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 I mean, uh, they, they 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 do they do nice stuff. I yeah, got a free they present do great them work. today, so. They're all right by me. Yeah. Like, they were a day late for my birthday, but that's all right. I forgive them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the platform is great. Mm. Like, there's issues with it, but issues with anything that's had, like, a 10-year yeah. code base now. I think it was t- oh, 2011 it came long? out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. So it's, it's old. Like, it's got issues yeah. that are just stuck there because mm-hmm. a ton of stuff's been built on top of it. So I think people see that and go, yeah, we can do better than that. And unfortunately, mm. just may or it's, may not uh, happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck to them anyway. Well, I think yeah, if anyone, absolutely. I think if anyone can, the co-founder of D and D Beyond can, because yeah, D and D Beyond is a slick platform. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot to be said for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was as non-committal as could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't um, use it much myself. Um, no, I don't use it. I'm, I'm playing Pathfinder at the moment, anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's definitely improved over the time I've had it. I think maybe that's due to like the massively increased uh, user base and so forth. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, there, there, there are bits and bobs with it. I quite like it with uh, Roll Twenty and the Beyond Twenty extension. A holy trinity of uh, lazy GMing for me. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Well, otherwise I'd have to program all my monsters or look at the thing or do so totally. much more typing. <laughs> it's like <Totally>. no, <laughs> not interested. Yeah. Right, Monty Cook Games. Yes. Monty Cook Games have announced their next upcoming Kickstarter. And this is called The Darkest House. And it's a little different to the sort of stuff they usually do. It sounds like it's got a horror theme going on. It does have a horror theme. So Mm. it's, um, it's designed to plug in to any game you're playing. From a fantasy game to a sci-fi game to a modern... Whatever you're playing, you can plug the Darkest House into it. Uh-huh. And the Darkest House is kind of like this uh, this place where a door in your world will just open into it. Right, right, yeah. And then, as you say, it is horror-themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so it's kind of system-neutral. Yes, mm-hmm. which is unusual for them, and it's also designed very much to be played online. Oh, so they're they're, they're designing it kind of like online first, mm-hmm. like well, presumably Roll Twenty and stuff like that. I couldn't tell you exactly yes. what, but it's got assets and tools and things like that to make it mm. a primarily an online playing experience rather than a rather than a book. Yes. and yeah, it's interesting. It's different to what they usually do. Mm-hmm. Is but that sounds incredibly familiar, like uh, Emily Allen's Gardens of Inn and the Sigian Library. Is it also randomly generated? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. So let me let me have a look. So it says it's a digital product, product yes. designed specifically to the needs of running and playing games online, 
and built to take maximum advantage of that mode of, mode of play. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, every image and map is shareable and downloadable. Every encounter is formatted to the screen, giving everything you need in a single view. Mm-hmm. Text to share with the players, rich network of hyperlinks, uh, and designed to be used with your preferred online tabletop RPG platforms. So Zoom, Discord, Roll20, Astral, any, anything you want to mm-hmm. use it with, it's designed to work with it. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry, Cassandra, you, you were about to say something and I interrupted. Uh, we were we were saying this is unusual. Is this unusual for Monty Cook games? Because my understanding huh. was that Monty Cook himself is something of a horror buff. Mm. Did he? I mean, he did the uh, Book of Vile Darkness back in three point five. I think he had true, his own like true, World of true, Darkness yeah. line. Ah. Didn't he do the D twenty Call of Cthulhu book as well? Was that him? Oh, I don't know. I try not to think, think of D twenty Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does exist. No, it doesn't. <laughs> 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 well, there wait, we go. Wait. Controversy about yeah. this. Uh, uh, Lee Kitty, Kutu, Monty Cook. Well, that's getting cut in editing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Daryl works very hard. Yes, Kutu D20 role playing game by Monty Cook. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russ was right about something. I'll have to put I, it in the I calendar. I actually, I actually think I have that. Thinking oh. about it, I've never, <laughs> never used it, but I'm pretty sure I have it. Okay, wow. I know I've read it. I actually did really like the content in it. It just didn't seem like the kind of thing I would play. It's the uh, system. Yeah. Just doesn't suit. Yeah, no. D20 is, D20 is not a paranormal investigation system. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, come on. Like, I mean, basically, we get down to it. A D100 and a D20 are largely the same thing. It's just a degree of granularity. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it's not, not, it's not, it's not. It's not the dice itself I had the problem with. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling <laughs> insight checks right now. You're, you're messing with us. Oh, dear me. It's a shame, it's a shame that this uh, video will never free, reach the eyes of people because, quite frankly, the you could have opened up a dictionary and looked for the definition of scepticism and that would have been the faces confronting me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so back to the topic at hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the, the darkest house, you say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that sounds good. Uh, is it a kickstart? Is it going to be kickstarted, or is it an yeah. actual product? Yeah, very soon. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, huh. uh, I'm kind of internally skeptical of anything that claims to be completely system neutral or like setting neutral. I've I've always been a very strong proponent of the idea that your setting is kind of inherent in your mechanics and inherent in the mm. things you design. Um, so anything that claims to be like a generic role-playing system or like you can drop this into any setting, I'm always, I always take that with a grain of salt. So I'd like to see where this goes. I'd love to see them do something revolutionary with it, but I don't know that it's up my alley. Hey, did you guys see the Level Up art preview that went out last Sunday? Uh, with the bugbear? No. Let me show the you the Level Up art preview. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't. I will put a link in the chat here. There we go. Thank you. Because while while oh, you guys are busy writing, artists, of course, are busy drawing. Oh, I yes, did see I these. have seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So this yeah. is only a sampling. We've we've got quite a lot of art in already, and uh, it's coming in like every week. We get a new batch in, so there's loads and loads and loads of it coming in at the moment. Like the monster book, obviously, oh, nice. is just like tons of new art getting done. Yeah, oh, I, I really like the Bahir. Uh, is that Guillaume mm. Sommeyer? Sommeyer. That that for here, it's like it's all dragged and craggy and spiky, mm. and mm. looks pretty terrifying as opposed to like I don't know, a bit slimy and worm-like. Mm. Um, I like it, the halfling. I love the halfling. Yes, yes. 
that that is a that is uh, so the halfling. Uh, I think somebody in the comments said, "Is it me or does that halfling look kind of Filipino?" And people are like, "Yeah, that's pretty. He does yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, with a, with a little they halfling do. pipe. I do like, like the pipe as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, yeah, just the cutest thing. I, I personally like the tiefling because uh, they got like the sand, the the glare. Gl- so basically, it's a tiefling in sort of full lot Lawrence of Arabia kit, mm. and they're holding a compass, and they've got like around their neck a pair of um. Uh, shade goggles to prevent yeah. glare goggles, maybe even to prevent eyes from getting blinded. Mm. Well, how they yeah. fit them on with those uh, horns? Mm. Oh yes, I see. <laughs> Careful, adjustable strap. Carefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, horn, one horn at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, so, what, what I like about this is that yes, mm. in the art, especially, you're starting to see some of the diversity creeping through. Mm. Because text is one thing, but I think art is very, very powerful when mm. you're trying to show a sort of diverse game. Uh, and so, you know, as as the art's coming through, and we've instructed the artists, you know, we really want a diverse looking book with diverse mm. art. You know, I think it's starting starting to really show through now as the art's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that that range of air and the halfling, and you know, it's not. Well, I mean. It's diverse in some senses, but in terms of actual artwork, it's really hanging together in a very unified fashion. The mm. uh, art styles are very, very close together. Oh, yeah. You keep yeah. a consistent style of art. Otherwise, yeah. the book just looks like a mess, doesn't it? You've oh, absolutely. Got, like, cartoon, yeah. cartoony bits next to photorealistic mm. bits. That, mm-hmm. looks, that looks bad. So yeah. try and keep a consistent style. Yeah. Or I want, like, mm. you see the chimera at the bottom. I just mm. want to. I just want. I just think the lion needs a comb. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to try. <laughs> but, but, but it's like you're yeah, so grumpy because their hairs are fluffed. I'm sure that yeah. they'd calm down if they had like a nice comb. Anyway, well, this is sorry, not ideal podcast material. They, they, this audio, is not ideal. Audio format no, is not yeah. ideal for discussing uh, you, art. You should follow <laughs> the link in the show notes or look for Level Up Art over at ianworld uh, org and. Uh, see what can see what can be found. Also, going out this afternoon after yeah. we after we finish this podcast. In fact, I didn't have time to do it this morning. Is the wizard playtest? Oh, it's going out. Ooh. I was I was going through it this morning, but um, I didn't have time, so it's going out this Ooh. afternoon. But that's looking quite neat and nifty. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, did you get angry letters last week from me saying that Thirteenth Age was the only place I've enjoyed playing a wizard? Mm, no, that's all right then. I was were you hoping? About that. Were you hoping that I would? No, I wasn't hoping. I was just I thought, oh well, well, maybe maybe people will object to the wizards, but I guess it's uh, mm-hmm. just normally such a bland and flavourless class that uh, nobody really minds. So that's okay. <laughs> I think we might have reached the end of the news. You got? Well, I should I should look forward to the wizard playtest when it comes out. Uh, that yeah, it's ready to go. I'll do it as soon as the as soon as this podcast is finished. I'll put it out. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, that is the end of the news. Yes. Right. Do you know what time it is? Is it time? It's about free. <laughs> it's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just name. It's time <laughs> to play yes. our favourite game in all the world. Oh boy. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. All right. Well, there you go. Now you've had the rules to recap as well. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> I hope you're paying attention. That was a yeah, great <laughs> title.
<laughs> yes, great. If only all the Kickstarters were named so clearly. Yeah, it'd be great for search engines. I'm sure. I, I I'm sure think it would that'd be great. a really good thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right then, Peter. Would you like to go first? I got none. Uh, unless you, unless you'd like to go first, guys. Go for it. Okay. In which case, yeah. Hit me. What have you got? Okay then, Peter. Are you ready? Yes. More ready. What is the unclean Leporello of the foul wizard Baum? <laughs> I'm glad you went okay. first. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay, so, so, so obviously I've got to get over pronunciation shock. Um, <laughs> first names. Never should the two me. So the unclean Leporello, is that right? Of the wizard Baum. And Baum. Le- B-A-U-M. Baum. 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 Well, I might say Baum. You can say Baum if you like. Boom. Oh, um, I don't know. Boom. The wizard boom would be like a firework. The, wizard, the firework wizard boom. We, no. we digress. The, the, anyway. The, a leporello? L-E-P-O-R-E-L-L-O. Leporello. Hmm. L-E-P-O-R-I-L-L-O? L-E-P-O-R-E-L-L-O. Leporello. To write this thing down. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're saying it. I thought this game was going to be easy. I was so wrong. L-E-P-O. This is fantastic podcast material here. Mate, if you could actually understand what the word... If I could actually hear what the word was, that would help me out. L-E-P-O-R-E-L-L-O. Yeah, it's it's as much a real word as you need it to be. Yeah, Um. well... I think this might be another album, uh, which is also a role-playing game, uh, because occasionally Russ likes throws those in because he thinks he's funny. He is not. I am funny. There he is. You just keep telling yourself that, and that'll be fine. Uh, yeah. I that was so I think uh, so. It's like sort of a vague. I did a survey the other thing. day, and one hundred percent of the people I asked said I was funny. Can't like argue statistics. Did, did, did you ask Sharon? Actually, no, no, you didn't ask Sharon. Yeah. We know what Sharon would say. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'll, I'll put away my pint of bitch juice. Go on, Peter. What yeah, is the, the unclean Leporello of the Fowls of Baum? What is it? It is a concept album, which is an RPG. Uh, it's definitely hitting the Morkborg slash OSR notes. Um, it's almost like a virtual rock opera um in the tabletop world uh set in i don't know probably about 16 acts because they're feeling a bit of prog rock vibe as well and it's yeah it, it's exactly what it says in the tin i'm not sure what a leporello is but it's 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 uh unclean in the ritual rather than it being dirty sense and the wizard balm is i don't know it's kind of a bad dude hmm. you are far more imaginative than i <laughs> oh, oh thank you I might also be yeah. like, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. it's not that. Oh, Checks out. But it is by the same person who made a vinyl record RPG. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. It is by Phil Reed. And what right. this is, it's a, an accordion book. Or, you know, this book, a concertina book. You know, these things that just, it's basically one big long sheet, like folded up. 
and it opens out like that. Oh, uh, okay, you, yeah, yeah. Know, like a, a history of the world timeline. Uh, it's just like it just keeps unfolding, and folding, and folding, mm, sort of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, um, so it's a it's for the Mork Borg game, mm-hmm. and it's a book of new powers. Mm. And I'm now looking at it, and I am going to try and find out what exactly a leporello is. Uh, a type of so. binding for a folded leaflet. Um, I see. I had to Google it go. right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, so, oh. so there we go, uh, and that makes a lot of sense with the accordion style description. You are. So it was very, it. it was very accurately named. We just didn't know what the word meant. Yeah. Never <laughs> if heard I that in my what life. It was that would have probably helped a bit, but yeah, <laughs> I, that wasn't too bad actually. Um, yeah. I, I actually said mock walks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like you know Phil Reed's doing all these experimental products at the moment, like an RPG on a vinyl record, and now this. Yes. It's yes. really, and they're all really striking as well, sort of graphically and and physically as well. Well, I gotta say, it's a hell of a name. Mm. I mean, I might not be able to spell it or pronounce it, but like, I'm saying, if someone says to me, that's got, that's got a lot of name recognition with me. It's not something I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it is a good name. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you one point, Peter, because <laughs> the person who made the vinyl album RPG is the same person that made this. So you you were kind of skirting right around the edges of it, quite quite. You, you don't know. I literally said it was Morkborg. Hmm. Like, I could have said it was Morkborg, but I, I didn't. No, I said it was Morkborg. Did you? Yes. Did I think it was really hitting the Morkborg OSR. Oh, do you recall, do you, do you recall that? <laughs> I, I do. He did say that. Oh, damn it. Damn Weirdly it. enough. Uh, All right. Two points then. Two points. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I, it's like, I don't normally argue, but like for, for the fact that I did actually say what system it was, I know <laughs> some recognition was due. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two points. Okay then, Sandra, your turn. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah I okay. hope so. Are you excited? Are you? I'm I mean, I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I'm scared. <laughs> okay, so this one is called Crafty Quest Box. Okay, um, <clears throat> that's definitely less complex than Leporello. Mm. Um, Hopefully, you know what those three words mean. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> what did I say? No heckling no contestants, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fair. <laughs> um, I'm barely even a real writer. Um, I did not know what a Leporello was either, so... Crafty Quest Box. Okay. Um, that is quite hard. This sounds like, like one of those like subscription-based boxes um, where it's, it's setting neutral, um, you agree to it, and on a regular schedule they will send you some specific assembly of mm. things with which to try and make your game better. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on Russ's expression, I suspect I am way off the mark, but I am locking that answer in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it is a box. You've got that bit, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that title's <laughs> real weird. Yeah. Get the well, so, sometimes, sometimes you do get titles, and you're just like, I don't understand where that title came from. Yeah, it like five minutes ago. But <laughs> well, this one, so, so this is for kids. Hmm. Oh. And um, it's uh, it's a five part adventure story, mm-hmm. system neutral, mm-hmm. based around hey. crafts that kids love. So it's designed yeah. for ages five and up in mind. Neat, perfect ah. for me. Yeah, and it contains. Um, let's have a look. It contains 
Safety scissors. Daryl can edit out this silence <laughs> in a minute. I'm just, I'm just reading it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I haven't, this is the first time I've seen this before. So, um, oh, yeah. Where are we? It contains... I mean, I mean the, the Crafty Quest box, uh, like that sort of subscription-based idea, I think Pathfinder okay. were doing that okay. for a, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend That's who works on a similar project. Right. So, I I guess okay. so, so crafting materials uh-huh. so that the kids can brew potions, create a magical fairy jar to light their path, uh-huh. design a magic wand, disguise themselves as a unicorn, so it's basically a number of crafty <laughs> things that kids can do it's while like playing a paper through cone. this system. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a party I'm, hat, but for, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm salty that I didn't guess that, but at the same time, this actually sounds super rad. It right. is quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Was the game, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh. If I had kids, I'd be back in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, um. Gotta pretty, gotta pretty teach them to idea. play early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Cassandra, I'll give you a point for guessing it's a box. <laughs> oh, that's the pity point of pity points. <laughs> so that puts Peter in the lead. Two uh, I, I, I feel in the interest of fairness, Cassandra did also say that it was system neutral. Does that even count? Yeah, okay, yeah, two points and two points. All right, in. all right, we'll call points, it that. Two points. So it, you it's are not now fifth ed, so, you know, guessing fifth ed is sort of the gimme. Just, uh, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so, Peter, uh-huh. what is... What once went wrong? Ooh. Hmm. So this feels like a very indie game. Um, I feel like either a collaborative storytelling or maybe even potentially a journal solo sort of thing. Um, and uh, I guess what the way I would run a game called What Once Went Wrong would be I would have a troop of people and we'd be looking at we'd be creating a a situation and then there's a disaster and it's like finding out you know what was the sequence of events leading up to that disaster the sort of the tragic chain where any one link broken would have averted the disaster altogether hmm. that's my this is by craig campbell of Nürburger games who's been on the show before hmm. he made capers and other things ah yeah 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 this is basically quantum leap the rpg nice with the serial numbers Filed off. <laughs> They're not even filed off, mate. There's like a bit of gap. There's a bit, there's a bit of sticky tape sticks over the top. Yeah. So it's a time travel game of altruism and discovery. It's yeah, a 24 yeah. page RPG zine. Nice, okay. With grayscale art. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a rules light, um, you know, uh, indie game, as you said. Mm-hmm. So if you like Quantum Leap, Quantum Leap, yeah. For those those listeners that even remember Quantum Leap, depending on how old you are, I guess. When was that? The eighties. Oh, uh, yeah, they were rerunning it into the nineties as well. Uh, right. The Scott Bakula, who then later went on to play Captain Archer in mm. Enterprise. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you're I'm just looking at like, okay, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> and you want to play Quantum Leap the RPG? This is this is the one for you, um, Peter. Mm. I can't give you any points for that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not even the pity point. I, I want to give you a pity point, but I can't find a pity point to give you. <laughs> uh, does it have a GM, this one? Does it have a GM? <laughs> no, it's worthwhile asking, because, like... I mean, yeah. Uh, it does kind of remind me of Fiasco. Technically doesn't have a GM. I see nothing to indicate that it doesn't. Fair enough, then. But I shall accept my zero of equanimity. Okay, so it's still... Is it still 2-2? Two, 2-2. Two, two. Two. 
Tutu, so all you have to do now, because this is the last one, Cassandra, all you have to do is score one point to win. Oh, sweet. Can't wait to choke this away. And not score minus a million. Which is, is a possibility. Yeah. No I'll pressure. do it. Yeah. You can do it. Okay. <laughs> so what is... Just choosing which one to... Ch- which one, which one? What is the diesel RPG? <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with that. Uh, yeah, you do. Right, I but. think <laughs> we're going to have to go with yeah, Crypto Codex. Here's the thing. I'm 50-50. I think I might have read this one is the thing. Um, Are you sure you've read it? Hmm? Are you sure you've read it? I, I don't know. That's <laughs> here's the thing is I'm like I well the general rule is if you know what it is you have to pass and get another one yeah but that's why I'm trying actually... to remember but if you don't actually know whether you know I think that counts as not knowing okay um crypto codex I think uh this is targeting the uh cryptid nerd artist um no wait I have seen this because I'm also working on a cryptid RPG uh and this was linked to us so I have seen this. Pick a new one. Okay. Now that I think so, about it, yeah. Because uh, I am working on an RPG for based around cryptids. Uh, right. And when we saw this come out, we were like, oh crap, did we just get sniped? Okay. Um, uh, so... I, I heard Crypto Codex and assumed it was like a book about Superman's dog. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Crypto the Wonder Dog. Uh, I do love Crypto. Um, just for those who were wondering, uh, this is basically a book of monsters for Dungeon Crawl Classics and Music Crawl Classics. So, so uh, you say you're working on the cryptid, Crypto Codex, or Cryptid Codex, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a project called Cryptids Inc. Um, essentially, oh, okay. it's a la the initiative from Buffy, think. Right, so it's Essent- sort of an organization devoted to finding monsters? Yeah, okay, essentially. Yeah. It's based on the idea that these cryptids come from our imaginations and from our stories. Oh, right. um, and the job of this organization is sort of to deal with the monsters... Oh. mitigate their effect on humanity and just mm-hmm. keep people from noticing them. Oh, okay. Um, just, just crack down on Bigfoot and the causes of Bigfoot, is that? Exactly. That's what I'm Yeah, fight Mothman. It'll go great. <laughs> <laughs> when, when is that coming out? Is that on um, Kickstarter now or is it soon? I believe that should be kickstarting either late March or mid-April. Cool. Oh, yeah. uh, Perhaps you'll have to come and tell us more about it when it comes on. Yeah. Or, or ask your boss to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably get Alexis on here. Mm. Right, uh, so in that case, we'll go with DM yourselves. Oh, alright. Um, I think that this is probably a book of solo adventures or self-running adventures. Um, leaning towards self-running, uh, it sounds like it must be for 5e, because it uses the term DM, <laughs> um, I think. DM is product identity for 5e, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm pretty uh, sure it, yeah. uses, it uses 5e. Um, yeah, I'm going uh, self-running adventures for 5e. Okay. Popular pretty thing much. in the pandemic. Huh? So it's a system for playing published RPG adventures solo or DMless with friends. Yep. Uh, so this is by Tom Scott, who kickstarted DM Yourself last year, which is a guide for how to play existing 5e adventures with a single character. Mm-hmm. So you could take like the Lost Minds of Pandelva or whatever, and you could play it with a single character. Mm-hmm. So um, this is DM Yourselves, 
which is like a companion volume to this, which mm -hmm. just adds a whole new range of techniques to add solo play and introduces ways to play published adventures like in a cooperative DMless fashion with one or more friends. Neat. So it's not the adventures themselves, it's kind of like how to it's, play adventures. Yeah, it's the architecture for it. Yeah. That's yeah, neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you I'll give you five points for that. You're pretty Eight. close. Pretty close. Which gives you seven points in total, which makes you the winner of this week's favorite game in all the world. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> well, thanks, How does Jordan. it feel? How does it feel? Uh, it's nice to win something for once. Those, <laughs> those familiar with playing board games with me know I am an expert in uh, setting high scores at lowest score. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Closest almost sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ah, Androfraxicus. It's good to see you, old friend. Ominatrixicor, well met. I do enjoy these annual dragon moots. Yes, it is so rare for us winged terrors of the sky to kick back and just enjoy each other's company. No, this year I've been so busy. I see all the usual suspects are here. There's Ancalagon the Black over there, talking to Tiamat. I always admire the way Tiamat manages to hold five conversations at once. Oh, and here comes Bob, St. George's Dragon. Can you believe those puny humans tell themselves that St. George actually slew Bob with a lance? <laughs> like a tiny tin man on the horse could slay a dragon with a pointed stick. <laughs> what is a horse, by the way? I'm not sure. I believe it's a type of snack. Uh, hmm. Do you think Smog will turn up this year? Schmaug? Smog. Schmaug? I'm telling you, it's Smog. He hates it when people call him Schmaug. He gets quite precious about it. What makes you such an expert? He's an old flame of mine. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hmm. Who's that bunch over there in the corner? Oh, newbies. I think that's a Hydra. A Hydra? That is new. And is... is that the Tarask next to her? I think it is. And look, a couple of wyverns. They'll let anyone in these days. And look, draw Mangander. Ah, the Midgard Serpent. I heard it can encircle the entire world, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Indeed, it can, Verminatrixicor. Anyway, what's up with you? Got any fun plans? Cunning schemes? Diabolical campaigns? Mm. Well, let's think of take it easy. Maybe sit in a volcano for a millennia or so. And you? Oh. I was thinking of raising an army of kobolds and raiding the Seventeen Kingdoms. Ah, that takes me back. I haven't devastated the kingdom in years. It gets a bit same old, same old after a while, you know. 
hate you, old friend, I hate you. It's hard work being a mighty, powerful dragon. It is. Dwarven kingdoms to pillage, gold to acquire, adventurers to fry. And those treasure hoards won't sit on themselves either. Am I right? Oh, right you are, them, Atraxacor. And those pesky adventurers constantly trying to slay us. I know. All you do is lay waste to an empire too, and suddenly they're all up in arms. You know what? I think we should go on strike. On on strike, like a flame strike. No, no, on strike. No more plundering. No more destruction. No more terrorizing entire continents. We'll see how they like that. Yeah. Now teach them, ungrateful so-and-sos. No matter how much they complain, we don't eat a single villager, you hear? We don't burn down so much as a solitary little filthy hovel. And as for hoarding treasure, well, there'll be no more of that. Nope. In fact, I might start a non-profit charitable institution to distribute it to the poor and needy. And they thought we were monsters before. Ha! They won't know what hit them. This podcast, Malarkey, is quite good fun. True. We do get to talk to interesting people. They are very interesting, and we've had all sorts. Big names, old and new. But how do we know who to talk to? Well, sometimes our patrons give us suggestions. What, so we try and get the people they want us to talk to on? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, and obviously they get the fullest version of the podcast. The fullest? They do? Yeah, yeah, you know, all the funny stories and random jokes and digressions. Really? People are missing out on those? Well, they're not news, are they? Oh, come on, but that's some of my favourite bits. How can you avoid missing out? Ah, uh, well, that's easy. Uh, so, just become a perfectly proper podcast patron. Perfectly proper podcast patron? What? How? Well, you head along to patreon.com slash morris and subscribe there. Oh, well, how much does that cost? $50 a month? You'd think. I mean, it's certainly worth $50 a month, but oh, yeah. uh, just a dollar. Is it? Mate, that's like 25 cents an episode. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Ah, patreon.com.morris. M-O-R-R-U-S. M-O-R-R-U-S. Cheers. I'll check that out. Right. Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Diesel. Diesel, so Diesel the tabletop RPG. So, tell us, what is Diesel? Yeah. The shortest explanation I've learned to give of it is mm. uh, cyborg cowboys uh, fight mega corporations on the frontier at the edge of reality. Wow. Um, I do like a cyborg cowboy. Yeah. Nice. Which is, In fact, there's a cyborg cowboy. I can't, I can't actually say cyborg well, I've just discovered I can't say cy- cyborg. That's fine. Oh, boy. Uh, That's like a cowboy. She sells cyborgs a, by the seashore. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That's a, what a weird thing not to be able to say. Cyborg cowboy. There we go. I can cyborg try. cowboy? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so um, this is like an original system then. So it's yes. like the diesel engine is yep. the, the core rules. And then mm. uh, the setting is kind of 
What's the, what's the setting? Uh, the setting is Edge, which is the uh, frontier at the edge of reality as, that I described. Um, it's sort of based on old company towns from like old westerns, mm, yeah. uh, where a company would buy up, would essentially move in, build a bunch of housing um, for gold rushes. No. Um, and then once the, once the resource is depleted, they would just move out and leave a ghost town. Um, so okay. Edge is a company town owned by the po- Possibilitus Company. Mm-hmm. Um, which essentially is mining the resource that is the edge of the universe. Oh. Um, because where the universe ends, anything can happen. Right. So they are essentially mining what is called raw possibility. Right. That's high concept. I like I'm that. getting a very what if Walmart did Deadwood sort of set vibe coming from it, as in, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to turn up and circle the value out of the area and then go. Bye. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we sure. we kind of we went into this with sort of a cyberpunk mentality. Yeah. Uh, so like mm. the idea of an evil mega corporation was sort of a gimme. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. so this isn't a big book. It's only like forty it's pages. Or yeah, something, we're shooting isn't it? we're shooting yeah. for about fifty pages before any yeah. stretch goal content. Right. Mm. So it's a fairly rules like game. Then I'm gonna yeah. guess yeah. from yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the system? What sort of what sort of What's the uh, kind of we got going on here? D6 dice pool uh, with consequence dice. Um, so essentially, all your characters are diesels, so they're partially modified uh, to run on diesel fuel and to be able to modify their body through augmentations. Um, being that you are partly mechanical, you can suffer malfunctions. Um, and when you're suffering mm-hmm. malfunctions, either from getting hit, having your parts wrecked up, um, being repaired <laughs> badly... Uh, using black market fuel, any of that? Yeah, all that, all that applies when you're not mechanical. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's it. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. But doing all of those things accumulates malfunctions, hmm. uh, and when you have malfunctions, you substitute some of the dice in your pool for malfunction dice. Mm. Um, and when those dice roll a one, bad things mm. happen to your implants, like you catch fire or your gears grind. Horrible stuff, really. There's a whole list of consequences in the book. Um, It sounds like the setting is quite dystopian, but there's a lot of humour involved in the running of it. Is that right? Yeah. We very much tried to be a little bit Uh, Mm tongue-in-cheek. We weren't looking to wallow in grimdark. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted to give the tone of kind of a blasé cowboy thing. Like, we wanted Mm -hmm. to give that feel of, like, yeah, we're rebels running from the... Like, we're outlaws... Mm. Um, on the run and surviving by our wits, but yeah. there's comedy in that. Yeah, mm. sort of like um, well, I suppose cowboys in space. One has to reach for yeah. a fireflies reference, which also has the comedy. In. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. No. It uh, mm. when it was originally pitched to me, actually, mm. uh, Steve mm. convinced me with uh, Mad Max meets Firefly at the edge of the world. That was his elevator mm. pitch to me. That um, works. So yeah. I couldn't say yeah. no, obviously. No, no, it would be rude at that point, yeah. Yeah. So what, what sort of adventures happen at the edge of the world then? What what's the, what sort of what sort of things are the players gonna get up to? Well most likely you're looking at your traditional space western plots. Sort of minced with cyberpunk in this case. But you've got your train heists, which are always a blast. Uh steal from the Possibilitus company as you see fit. Protecting your ranch from gangland activity because this is sort of a Mad Max situation. Mm-hmm. Um, acquiring fuel to keep people running because all these diesels run on fuel. Yeah. Um, and gathering scrap to sell so that we can do it all again. Sure. So that's the sort of thing you're doing. Mm. It's d- 
designed around a cohesive and complete story in five to eight sessions, essentially. It's not a game where you're going to play the same character for 10 years, get to level 20, and kill gods. You play for a couple of sessions, you have a complete and fulfilling story, and Mm. then you retire those characters. Yeah, it sounds like ideal for one-shots and convention play. Totally. Yeah, I'm actually Mm. running a one-shot for it next weekend. Oh, uh, which I'm very excited for. The players are going to take on the role of retired diesels um, who are now settled down on an oil field uh, right. and essentially their ranch is under attack, which is one of those classic Western plots. Oh, uh, they I need see. to find out who's hitting them uh, and teach them a lesson before yeah. they can return back into retirement. Ah, uh, yeah. That's hitting on both the Western and heist themes of one last totally. job before being... Push exactly. Before going back into retirement. Yeah, it's okay. straight up yeah. called One Last Job is the one shot. <laughs> uh, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really, I always really like the idea of kind of rules like one shot games, which are oh. like heavily, heavily themed, heavily, you know. Yeah. And, and you, you play it the once and then you move on. And mm. I really always enjoy that idea. Yeah. 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 And we, we built Diesel to support one shot play and short campaign mm-hmm. play. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it'll do really well for that. I think yeah. people will be very satisfied with that. Yeah. I'm looking at the map at the moment. So oh, yeah. have got the mm-hmm. map of the edge there, which is kind of a sort of cartoony kind of map. Mm-hmm. And it's got a number of different settlements on it. We've got Blackstream, we've got Snaggletooth Gulch, we've got Hell's Mouth, mm-hmm. Whisper Creek, High Point, uh, Ruby Lake. So, um, are all these places detailed in? I'm going to give a 50 page book. How much, how much detail can. Is, is there in there? For the most part, what you'll see is about probably 500 to 1,000 words per location. Yeah. Um, and then three to five critical NPCs in that location. Okay. Um, which are like your mayors, um, your major security officers, your like mm. important... In one case, we have like the tavern keep detailed because he's sort of a... He's a pillar of the community. Yeah, yeah. So you can expect that these places will be detailed enough that if you need to make a stop in at them, you can pick them up and go. But yeah. if you want to run an adventure taking place wholly within them, you have room to breathe and to create things on the fly. Yeah, it sounds like for an improvisational GM, mm-hmm. it's ideal. Yes. Someone who likes just to take a few story hooks and a few details and then just run with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking at some of the stretch goals here. So your goal is six thousand dollars. You were one point five now, and you've got nearly a month to go. So you're definitely yeah. going to fund. <laughs> well, don't say that now. This is spoken. Yeah, you're going to fund. Uh, so uh, you got you got a bunch of uh, stretch goals here. You got some pre-generated characters. Um, we've got uh, an expansion of the mods included. Uh, some more lore and things like that. And I'm looking at the sort of team you got. Listed mm. at the bottom, yeah, which is mm. quite quite a large team there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the people you're working with? So I worked most directly with Matthew Jarmick, yeah, Eric Samarki, absolute genius, mm. really just brilliant designer. Uh, we often talked that uh, I would make it fun and they would make it balanced, <laughs> right, um, right. because <laughs> they they're an expert when it comes to the, like the statistical side of things and making mm-hmm. sure that the dice. Do what we want, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time I would come up with this idea and I'm like, hey, I have this great idea for like how this mod should work or how this dice pool mm-hmm. should work. I don't really know like 
how it adds up though and before yeah, i even yeah. got an answer in words i would have a spreadsheet in my in my inbox yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Where, they, like... where they plotted out all the die rolls and the probability <laughs> yeah. of this happening yeah yeah and it was yeah. it was amazing <clears throat> i am not terrible at that kind of thing but i am not <clears throat> half as good as Arix. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like some people have like a sort of a special gift for it yeah. due to their immense yeah. dedication. Yeah. It's really I think useful. I'm, yeah, I think I'm like you. I'm I, I kind of I can dabble in it, but I'm not I'm not a specialist by any means. Yeah, and I definitely have to rely you know on other people to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I was very much on like the feel and flavor and basic mm. design of the mods, and then mm. or on of the system. Uh, yeah. And then RX was more on the uh, balancing side. Yeah. yeah. Ah. And then Matthew Whitby uh, is an absolute machine. There's no other way to oh. describe it. They punched out pretty much all of the narrative side of things, if I'm not mistaken. All the world building huh? um, and the NPCs. Wow. Uh, and it's all fantastic. When when yeah. this mm. funds, because Russ yeah. has decided it will fund. Of course um, it will fund. I mean, all of this will be in the have a quite good record of knowing when things are funding, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When it funds. Well, if it doesn't, you can blame me for jinxing and it. And I will. And yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will hear about it. <laughs> you will hear be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, it's a legally binding contract. <laughs> Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Considerations and everything. So yes, uh, Matthew Whitby is an absolute machine. Uh, they wrote all of the uh, narrative for the for it. Steve had Steve Pankatai, the project manager, had mm. the basic skeleton of Edge written out mm. and the basic premise for the for the game. And then Rx and I worked on the system. Matthew took that system and that premise and then mm. turned it into a world. Um, and this was something I really appreciated, because as I've mentioned, I really do believe that your mechanics are your setting. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel mm -hmm. that Matthew was really with us every step of the way on that. Right, um, yeah. Which was fantastic. Hmm. I wanted to also talk to you a little bit about inclusivity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned that. you call it, I always like it when it's specifically called out on a Kickstarter page. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because some some projects they are inclusive and they do worry about fair pains, but they don't necessarily call it out. And I think it's important to actually do that so that people yeah. can see that it is, you know, it is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, what's what's the well? It's a silly question, really. Is what's your position on inclusivity? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. No, I like it. <laughs> that's not a good no. time to ask games. I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I was more sort of what, what sort of like uh, how do you go about ensuring? The, hmm. uh, something is inclusive. Yes. How do you go yes. about ensuring? Yeah. So, what approach do you take? We were in what I would very much a minefield because we're at the crossroads of all hmm. the racist shit of westerns yes. um, with all the ableist shit of cyberpunk. Mm. Yes. So we had to be careful. Hmm. We brought on, I believe, three or four different sensitivity consultants. Yeah. Uh, mm. While working on the book, um, because. I don't have to get into the to the history of westerns. I think everybody's pretty much cracked the code on mm -hmm. why those were not mm -hmm. okay. As much as we love the aesthetic, mm -hmm. but cyberpunk has a long history of when you attach prosthetics to your body, you have a stat like humanity uh, that goes right. down as you yeah, replace yeah, yeah, bits yeah. of you. Yeah, and we no. did not want to touch that. Like we didn't yeah. want that to be an element of our game. No. no. But we did need, because of the malfunction system, we did need a way to represent mm. how much of your body is metal. Yeah. Like, that's what we needed. 
Yeah. Uh, so we brought in a disability sensitivity consultant, and essentially their goal was to make sure that we weren't tripping into that dangerous area of mm. people with prosthetics aren't human. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So what we ended up with from that was a a system whereby you we do keep track of like how much of your body is metal and how much of your body is meat, um, but yeah. it doesn't tie into how human you are. It's just no. how specialized your body is to particular yeah. tasks. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Wizard of the Coast ran into a problem with that with uh, Ravenloft book, didn't they? Yeah, uh, the character, the NPC Esmeralda, yes. in the original oh, yes. printing of the book, was hiding the fact that she had a disability in a prosthetic leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, later printings they've changed that so that she's not, you know, she's not yeah. hiding it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, part of it's going to be of its time in some respects because it was considered something she was ashamed of wrongly, obviously, but that is like how it was, and the idea that it could be different didn't. That certainly never occurred to me. But then someone said. Like that, I was like, "Oh, yes, that makes a lot yeah. of sense." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the goal isn't to replicate historical wrongdoing, is it? It's to <laughs> it's to create a cool fantasy no. reality on the edge of the universe. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. So, are there any plans to carry on with this, mm. or is it just one and done? Is there is there going to be more later? Uh, assuming 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 it funds, which it will, which it will, as, as we know. <laughs> yeah. So that is actually something we've we've been discussing extensively because when we built the diesel engine, uh, mm. we got so excited working with it. They were like, "Oh, how cool would it be to use this and take it and do like." Eldritch investigation with it, yeah, and like yeah. reformat the malfunction system to mm. work with like how much how much Eldritch stuff have you let into your mind? So we would love to keep working with the diesel engine, mm-hmm. um, and we would love to take it to all kinds of different places. Mm. I, I mean, I think every designer is going to walk out of a project like this, like scratch building a system, thinking, "Oh, I wish I could have done that differently," or "I wish I had time to do more of this." Like, a bunch of what's on the stretch goals list is just like, hey, this is the stuff I wish I could have got done within the timeline yeah, and with our yeah. word count. Can we put it in stretch goals? <laughs> yeah. So absolutely, if if Diesel, if the Kickstarter goes especially well, I would love to keep building for Diesel. Um, mm. Whether or not we do other settings, additional source books, uh, we've discussed the idea of, like, detailing further what actually happens when you enter the frontier at the edge of the world because you Mm. we talk about it in the book that like you have to wear a bunch of safety equipment and if you go in there without it you can get like yeah yeah. parallel universe twisted but we'd love to kind of mess with that idea of like what's at the edge of the universe Mm. so in in your head do you do you have an idea of what what is beyond that barrier or what's through that edge to me uh I kind of think of it as being, I hate to go back to D&D, but you think of the Far Realms uh, right, with yeah. their like twisted eldritch abominations from beyond mm. our reality. Mm. Um, that's so kind can... of my mindset for what's in there. So it gets all Cthulhu out there. Yeah, it gets all Cthulhu yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, you say <laughs> using it for other genres and stuff. Using it for horror, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. sort of Eldritch horror and stuff, that, I think, would work really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, fun big that. time. We'll make it happen. 
Yeah, well, it's well, going to fun. So, <laughs> yeah. well, so and, and now, and now you're definitely going to make a horror version of it. Uh, <laughs> right, Bruce has declared it, and thus it will be so. I guess I'm booking my next there's year. No, yeah. no coming back on that now. Yeah. Uh, you're now yeah. uh, and certainly for our listeners who may be interested in this intriguing and exciting game, there is a set of quick play rules available on yes. Drive Through yes. RPG for yes. the bargain price of pay what you want or two dollars and ninety nine cents, which is a fantastic price. Hey, what you want is a pretty damn good price. I do yeah. like that price. I mean, I don't know. Does two ninety nine buy you a cup of coffee in Canada? Uh, I mean, if you stretch. Our dollar's not great. Uh, yeah, 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 it does. You can, you can totally get a jar of instant. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you I think struggle here. Yeah, pretty much. Try it from yeah. Starbucks. Yeah, like. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, can we, uh, can we talk about Level Up a little bit? Yeah, totally. Yeah? No so, uh, we talked about what, it so what, much. What, I mean, surely surely no one's interested in... Well, it is, it is my favourite topic. So. Is, oh, God. <laughs> Go so on, what, then. What, what, what bits have you, uh, other, than, other than the dragons, what have, you, what have you done yourself? What's your part in the project been so far? So, my primary contribution was the sorcerer, um, mm. which was an interesting sticking point. Um, because I wanted to do all kinds of weird stuff with the sorcerer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted. I was like, "Oh man, you know what the sorcerer would benefit from? Its own whole spellcasting system. <laughs> um, right, screw right. the warlock. <laughs> Get on board." Um, and naturally, right. that was that was not happening. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we we run into the constraints where we are making five e. Yeah, a new, not a new game. I mean, we could make you know in supplementary books. Yeah, the sorcerer was my first contribution. I wanted to do all kinds of wacky stuff, yeah, uh, which was probably rightly shut down. Um, so, what did you do with the sorcerer then? What did what, what did we end up doing? Ultimately, what I did was I made it kind of a split, what Fori would call a blaster, mm-hmm. along with a litany of social features, because I think mm. that's one place that the sorcerer in Core yes, Five is. And I do I do like what you did with those as well. Mm-hmm. They're fun. I liked to uh, lean in on the idea that the sorcerer is this source of inward, internal power that is manifesting at all times. Yeah. Um, and I use that to build some of the social features. Oh, okay. I suppose it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, because a lot of them are like, yeah, your your latent magic makes you harder to ignore. It makes you yes, difficult yeah. to say no to. Mm. Like, it's... Yeah. Do you know what that reminded me of was, do you remember in one of the Lord of the Rings films, I can't remember which, and mm. then there's this shot where Gandalf, and then the lighting changes, and it kind of zooms in on him, mm-hmm. and he shouts at Frodo about something, mm. and just like, your whole perspective on him changes, and it's just like, he completely takes over the room, exactly. just for that moment, but it kind mm. of, it kind of really reminds me of that. Totally. Yeah, that's the feel I want to give. I wanted to give some real gravity to the sorcerer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because whether or not they do embrace the source of magic that has come to be within them, it does work to get out, and it doesn't work, and it doesn't necessarily work with them mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in the Enigma subclass, which was my substitute for the wild sorcerer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, monsters. So you, yes. uh, you've been working on dragons. Yes, I have. So... At the moment, I think monsters are probably the bit of level up that I'm most excited about right now. It changes from day to day, but right <laughs> now it's probably it's probably it's probably monsters because I just love like what 
you've done with the stat block for the dragon, for example, when mm-hmm. the stuff that Paul's doing with all the different tables mm. and the different things that just liven up the encounter, especially like the signs of a creature and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta say, even if someone didn't like all the rest of the level up changes, the the monster menagerie is going to really spice up any sort of game. I mean, I don't think there's a reason why they shouldn't like the changes that are being made to A5E, but the level up, but like the monsters are going to be very, very cool. Well, people can just buy the monster book and just use it with 5e. It's all yeah, fully totally. compatible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The Green Dragon, yeah. So that is actually in layout right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the dragon itself, not the whole book at the moment. Yeah. Because uh, our layout designer is working on the core book. But we're going to be putting out the Green Dragon itself sometime soon. I'm hoping in the next few days. I don't know when, when, it, will, when it will be in. Mm-hmm. As a fully completed sort of page spread, just to show how gorgeous it will look. The amazing stat block, the, all the tables and all the, you know, everything all in one, just out as a really gorgeous PDF. I can't yeah. wait for that. Now, yeah. Russ, like this is going to be the question on everyone's minds. Mm. Do you have an absolutely sweet dragon pick to go with it? Yes. <laughs> Job done. Have you seen, is, that's the one we're actually using for the cover of the Monstrous Menagerie, actually. Have you seen oh. the cover? No. Sweet. It ain't D&D if there's not a dragon on the cover. Let me... Amen, amen. Yeah, if you just go to levelup5e.com, there's covers on the... Yeah. And then just scroll down a little bit. You can see the cover of the Monstrous Menagerie there. Oh, yeah. It's a gorgeous picture. Beautiful. That is our green dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, that's, that's, a nice that's piece amazing. Of that, it is. Yeah, no, I'm super into that. Nice. It's one of those things you've got to make sure you get the dragons right. Mm. If you're making a variant of D&D, the most important creature to get right has to be the dragon. Yeah, and I was so glad when uh, Paul reaped me to do the dragons, mm. um, because I I have always wanted to just take that to task, because I, mm. I don't hate the core 5e dragons as much as others, but mm. I am not in love with them, and I wanted to make a dragon yeah. that people fall in love with. They're like, I yeah. want to throw this at my players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, for me, really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. The, the GM has to enjoy running the creature. Yes. Absolutely. And sometimes if your creature's more of a bag of hit points than anything mm. else, it's mm-hmm. not really fun to run, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to see the expression on your player's face when the, when the creature does something they're not expecting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And one of the actions. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things about this book is that if you've got players who've been playing D&D for ages, you can throw a dragon or a bugbear or a whatever at the players, and it's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. to what they're used to, and it will surprise totally. them at some point, and you will get to see the expression on their face go, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yep. Yes. And that's kind of what we're aiming for. Refreshing, rejuvenating, reviving the game. Mm. Uh, putting, essentially, a fresh coat of paint and, uh, you know, sprucing up, sprucing up some of the old tired monsters. Uh, totally. And making them have a bit more fizz, a bit more yeah. pop. Good times, yeah. man. Good times. So what's that, what, what else is on your uh, agenda, Cassandra? What are you working on? What are the projects you're involved in? Um, outside, A5, outside Level Up? Yeah, yeah, generally. Um, so currently I'm on uh, Brian Holmes' Mythic Dragons because my yeah. life is just a dragon fiesta now. <laughs> um, so that will be... Yeah. I've been having a blast with that. We've been yeah. making dragons. We've basically been remaking all the dragons from like old Dragon Magazine books. Mm. Um, I've done Felgalos. Uh, Olathantor and Tostan Alerthma, uh, which are all just 
I believe that they are dragon names. Oh, yeah. No. I don't expect people to be like, oh, yeah, Tostin Alerclaw. I remember that one. Oh, my God, great, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we were, we're taking those old uh, dragons mm. and basically bringing them into 5e with mythic stat blocks because Brian mm. is Mr. Mythic. Yeah. Um, so that one's going to be a DM's Guild one. Yeah, that's a DM's Guild product. Using, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also working with Transparent Games on a love story anthology, which is all mm -hmm. adventures that orient around the idea of love and romance. Um, yeah. It was something we were working on. We started uh, a while ago. We were thinking of dropping around Valentine's Day, but we wanted to take some time and get mm -hmm. it right. Yeah. Um, so that the Kickstarter for that should be dropping within a month or two. Oh. Um, and that What's will the be name of that game, a sorry. sorry? What's the name of that game? Uh, what a lovely adventure! Yeah, ah, okay, I don't think yeah. I ever uh, said it. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, anthology of queer love adventures. Go team! Is that for D and D? Yeah, that's a yeah. five. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then the last thing I'm working on was mm. uh, Jackson Lewis Productions' is, uh, Cryptids Inc. Oh yes, which yes. I am also <laughs> on lead design for. Mm. Busy, busy, busy. I really yeah. am. I'm redesigning. I'm redesigning <laughs> the mage for uh, that too. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. My life is perfectly parallel. Yeah, <laughs> so you can put all those ideas you wanted to use into that one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, not even close. Oh. No. <laughs> what, what we'll have to do at some point after level up is up is to get you to come back and make the sorcerer you really wanted to make. Oh, mm. I'll do it. We could make it uh, as a whole uh, other class. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That would um, be fun. Yeah, that thing was a nightmare. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Cassandra, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yes. thank you for having me. Hey, no fun. Congratulations on winning our favourite game in all the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well played, well played. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when you next have something to talk about, let me know. Mm. Let Peter know. Let one yeah. of us know. Or both of us. Totally. Or none of us. One, of, one of those things. I, I mean, if you let <laughs> none of us know, you're less likely to get a license, I've got to say. But if yeah, you let one of us know, your chances are much better. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or let Hudson, my dog, know. He'll, uh, he'll... Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hudson's not a great secretary for us. I mean, I've, been, I've left messages made. How dare you? I don't know if he's a great secretary, <laughs> yeah, but I'd love to talk to your dog. <laughs> I think. I think yeah. So. Yes. Anyway, sorry. We 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 digress. We <laughs> digress. In terms of events. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you so much. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having and me. I cannot. I cannot wait to see more dragons coming. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Sorry, I'm getting mauled by a dog while I talk to you. It's distracting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, so okay. this is this is this is yeah. Hudson. He's the podcast dog. Yeah.
He usually shows up at some point during the show. I love that yeah. sweetheart. Such a, yeah. such a good dog. He's not a good dog. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a good dog, are you? It's a, it's a, it's a one sofa dog. <laughs> yeah. That's he a tally sofa. He's, uh, he's yeah. not a good dog. 